On today's show, the Bucks become the first team in the NBA to clinch a postseason spot. In doing so, they become the first team to reach 50 wins. They close out the Suns in the fourth quarter. A big performance from Giannis. Joe Ingles and Chris Paul going tit for tat. And Jay Crowder gets his revenge game at home on the team that he just left. So we're going to break it all down and where the Bucks stand. It's a good time to be a Bucks fan. They've clinched a postseason spot yet again. Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Good for Giannis at the buzzer. Bucks win it. Monday to Friday, and also find my work over at ESPN. Today's episode is brought to you by the Ultimate Basketball GM. If you've ever dreamed of becoming an NBA GM and managing your basketball franchise, then this game is definitely for you. To download the game, just visit ultimatebasketballgm.com or look it up on the App Store. Our listeners get a 100% free boost to their franchise when using the promo code Locked On. Uh, all caps there in the game. We'll have a little bit more on that later in the show. Uh, of course, we thank you all for making Locked On Bucks your first watch or first listen of every single day, whether it's on the old school audio platform or on YouTube. We appreciate it. Please subscribe, comment, like, review, all those things they are free to do, and it really, really helps us. So we absolutely appreciate it. And tonight is going to be a show where you can really drop your comments and get involved because the Bucks, three games in four nights, Golden State Warriors, Sacramento Kings, Phoenix Suns, and all three of these games against teams that are in the top five in the West. And we looked at this road trip and said, okay, what are the Bucks going to be able to do? You can sit there and say that you're disappointed that the Bucs didn't win the Warriors game. They probably should have closed that out. But I'm going to talk about some of the fourth quarter stuff that to me just leaves me feeling really good at the end of this road trip with what we've been able to get out of some of the key players in this team. Now, this post-game podcast is coming a little bit late. I had to head into the studio. In fact, I watched this game from the ESPN studio here in Melbourne because the NBL season finished, and I'm only bringing this up because there was some news from a familiar face and a familiar voice with the Milwaukee Bucks. Chase Buford, who spent time with the Wisconsin Herd and was on the Bucks bench for the 2021 championship team, did just about an hour ago, as I record this podcast, win his second NBL title with the Sydney Kings. He's been in the league over here in Australia for two seasons and has won the title two straight years. So a nice night for Chase Buford, a guy that uh, Bucks fans uh, may be pretty familiar with if you were following closely during that time. So shout out to Chase. A big night for him and the Sydney Kings. And I think he's coming back to the NBA next year. That's my hunch. I'm not reporting anything. Maybe the Bucs have a spot. Maybe he ends up with the Bucs. But shout out to Chase. Uh, that is pretty remarkable stuff. But I found this win pretty remarkable as well against the Phoenix Suns. Now, uh, no Kevin Durant. We understand that. No Chris Middleton for the Bucs. We didn't think that he was going to play based on the 34 minutes against the Sacramento Kings, the 31 points, everything that he did in that game. 
Grayson Allen also out with some plantar fascia problems. We'll wait and see what the outlook is there for Grayson. But this, again, was a win that, A, points to the superstar that is Giannis Adetokounmpo, and we're going to get into that a little bit more as the show rolls on. But it is also the depth of this team. And to be able to close this game out in the fourth quarter, I don't know about our listeners, and there is a lot of water to go under the bridge, and there is a lot that can change and a lot that can happen between now and the postseason. But for this Bucks team right now, for everything they've been through this year with the injuries they've had along the way, to pick up win number 50, the first team to do so, 50 and 19. They've won 21 out of their last 23 games. The first team in the league to clinch a postseason spot. And now they find themselves three games up, three games up at the top of the East on the Boston Celtics, also three games up for the best record in the NBA. And, and I just, honestly, at the end of this game, found myself thinking about different moments through the season and different podcasts that we've had. And when I watch League Pass here in Australia, they show highlights of different moments of different games, and I'm sure everyone's familiar with what I'm talking about. And one of the games they were showing on today's game was Drew Holiday going nuts against the New York Knicks in the fourth quarter at Madison Square Garden in a January game where the Milwaukee Bucks were not playing well and they were down by double digits in the third quarter. And I remember this game vividly because I was thinking to myself at the time, I don't know where this Bucks season is heading. Now, I am the ultimate optimist. Everyone tells me I'm always far too optimistic and maybe I need to be more critical. But that was a point in this season where I said to myself, I was thinking to myself, this Bucks team might find itself in the fourth seed. It might find themselves in the fifth, maybe the sixth seed. Because we haven't seen Chris Middleton out here. Giannis is dealing with a lot of stuff. Brooke Lopez is, is working probably harder than you would like him to be. We haven't even made this trade. Is Jay Crowder a buck? Who knows? Joe Ingles has only just come back. What is he going to bring to this team? Grayson Allen's going through a shooting struggle. There was just a lot going on with this team. And I always had confidence based on the top line talent of this team that they were going to put themselves in a position to at least contend. But there is levels to this. And what this team has been able to do over the last 23-game stretch, even though it hasn't been perfect, even though they've had injuries throughout this period that they've had to go through, to win 21 out of 23 games, I just wanted to start this podcast by acknowledging everything that this squad has had to go through to this point and how remarkable it is that they are in this stretch right now. Now, this game against the Phoenix Suns, as I mentioned, the key players were missing but they outscored the Suns 31-20 to 20 in the fourth quarter, and it wasn't easy. At the start of this fourth quarter, campaign is knocking down multiple threes. It looked like it was pretty fun between him and Javon Carter, but uh, campaign is up and about. He's feeling good about himself. Jock Landell, the Aussie, throws down a dunk, and the Suns just open up a little two-possession gap. The crowd's going nuts. This is clearly a game that means a lot to the Phoenix Suns. And on a back-to-back, even though the Suns were on a back-to-back, the Bucks could have rolled over here, but they didn't. And the fourth quarter stuff is interesting because I have seen a few Bucks fans, and I think it was on the back of, obviously, the loss to the Philadelphia 76ers. You give up 47 points, but also the loss on the weekend to the Golden State Warriors. And look, again, maybe this is the optimist in me, but you take the two out of three on this West Coast swing against the better teams in the conference for mine, no question. Take that and run. But they should have won the Golden State game. 
But I think overall, when you win 21 out of 23 games, Giannis has missed a whole bunch of them. Middleton has with back-to-backs. It hasn't been perfect. They've had different injuries here. And not all these wins have been easy. They've had to produce in the fourth quarter. So I wanted to go to the numbers in this 23-game stretch of what the Bucs have produced uh, on both ends of the floor as far as advanced stuff matters. So the Bucs in that stretch, a 120.6 offensive rating in the fourth quarter. And that's what we love to see. And also we love to see it because they've done it in a variety of ways. Brooke Lopez has, again, continued to be an offensive monster for this team. And he was so tonight. Drew Holiday is, in my opinion, has to be in the running for the clutch player of the year. Giannis is a monster. We know what he brings to the table. And then against the Sacramento Kings, we saw what Chris Middleton can do. So this team offensively, 120.6, that is the sixth ranked offensive rating in the league during this really hot stretch for the Bucs. And then the defense has been not dominant, but it's it's been pretty good. They've been the 10th ranked defense, 111.2. Overall, when you take all quarters into account, they're the number one ranked defense over this hot stretch. And then net rating third. So I just wanted to point those numbers out because the Bucs have been doing some really good stuff in close, in close games. And I, I am at the point where I fully trust this team in close games. I'm not worried that they're going to get flustered if they go down by a couple of possessions. And I thought tonight, again, against this Phoenix team that really wanted this win. They are in a battle for home court, the fourth seed right now in the West. The Golden State Warriors are right there. So I love this performance in the fourth quarter from the Bucs. Uh, coming up, I'm going to talk about what Giannis did and the MVP race. I'm going to talk about Jay Crowder returning to Phoenix. And I'm... Say what you want, but I'm talking about Joe Ingles tonight because he had a back and forth with Chris Paul, and it's not so much about what happened in this game with Chris Paul, but I think this matters for the Bucks in the postseason, and I absolutely loved it. Before we get into all of that, I need to talk about the ultimate pro basketball GM because I am pumped about this new partner and sponsor of Locked On Bucks. It's the mobile game Ultimate Pro Basketball GM. If you've ever dreamed about becoming an NBA GM and managing your basketball franchise, well, your dream can come true. And this game is definitely for you. You can manage every strategic aspect of your team and play through the season and lead your team to glory. You're responsible for hiring the right coaches and assistants, trading and training players, making draft picks, Navigating your franchise through free agency and the draft and all the ups and downs of a season. All this in a challenging and realistic game world. Ultimate basketball, uh, ultimate pro basketball GM is the game. So Locked On Bucks listeners can get a 100% free boost to their franchise when using the promo code Locked On in the game store. So make sure you check it out. To download the game, just visit probasketballgm.com, scan the code, or look it up on the app stores. That's probasketballgm.com, Ultimate Basketball GM. Start your dynasty today. All right, let's start with Giannis. You know, we've spoken a lot about what is the best way to manage Giannis. We know that he just had a week off leading into this game. And... No one is surprised by this, but he's just come out and played a back-to-back against the Kings and the Suns. Again, two teams that really matter in the Western Conference. And he's had 46 points on 19 for 28 shooting against the Kings. And then tonight, 
it looked like he was going for 50, to be perfectly honest. He was going absolutely berserk in the first half of this game. He ends up 11 for 23, so not the most efficient night scoring, but 14 of 24 from the free throw line. He was relentless from a physicality standpoint. He had 36 points, add in the 11 rebounds, add in the eight assists, chuck in a steal, throw in a big-time block in the fourth quarter when this game was coming down the stretch. So... I always find it fascinating because I am the type of person that, and I've said this a number of times, we love Giannis because of the way he goes about it. We love Giannis because he is, in my opinion, the toughest player in the league in terms of battling through ailments, injuries, illness, whatever it may be. If he's out on the floor, you're going to get 110%. And we saw that again tonight in a variety of ways. But we also understand that he is carrying this hand slash wrist issue. He's carrying the knee stuff. And they did play him in a back-to-back. And maybe this is the Bucs that are banking wins because they know now they've opened up a three-game gap. There was no Kevin Durant. They thought this was a game they can win. Or maybe I'm overthinking it and we don't need to worry about this hand stuff. And last week was all about kind of a softer schedule and getting him a week off before really loading up to go for this number one seed, which we believe uh, means a significant amount to the Bucks as they head for the postseason. But also him missing these games and this week does matter for the MVP race. And I'm curious to know what everyone watching this show, the listeners think, because I would imagine if we weren't following the Bucks as we do and everyone watching this show, not everyone, but for the most part is going to be big time Milwaukee Bucks fans. So Giannis so far this season, has played 54 games. So he's already missed 15 games. There was another two games where he played fewer than 10 minutes. So even if he were to play every game for the rest of the season, which I think we all acknowledge he's not going to do, he's only going to get to 67. So he's going to miss at least 15 games this year. And if we weren't, as I said, covering, watching, following, emotionally invested in the Milwaukee Bucks, I think we would say uh, missing that many games is going to be challenging for him to win the MVP. Jokic and Embiid have obviously missed games as well. But I want to make a little bit of a counter to that. If you look at the advanced stuff, he's up over 60% true shooting now, which was a battle for a long time. And Frank Madden, if he's listening to this podcast, is celebrating that he has got that point. On a per 36 basis, he's at 35 points per game, which is a career high. If you just look at the raw numbers, obviously the 31.5 points per game is a career high as well. It's been pointed out that he's been shooting the three ball pretty well since the start of the new year as well. And I think more than anything, when you take into account the absences the Bucs have had throughout the course of this season with all the guys that have been trying to come back into this lineup, again, maybe I'm a little bit biased and let me know what you think, but what carries more weight Is it the games that Giannis has missed? Does that hurt him more than the fact that he has had to carry the burden for this team throughout the season? Because we are getting to the point now where Giannis is just putting up some extraordinary performances. We know that he's in the mix for the MVP. But first of all, do you think that he should be the MVP? And secondly, is the games missed going to hurt him as we head to the road to the postseason? I'll say this again before I move on from Giannis, who was extraordinary tonight. 
the fact that he's putting these performances together, the fact that he's playing back-to-backs, the fact that he's had nights off, if you're just personally asking me, if he if he has another five nights off before the postseason and comes in full throttle, as close to full health as possible and ready to charge at another championship, I take that over an MVP. But that's just me. Joe Ingles was interesting tonight for mine for a number of reasons. And you look at the stat line, he played 27 minutes, two for seven from the field. All of those threes, by the way. So two for seven from three. He did hit it a big three on the right wing in the fourth quarter. But he also had the seven assists. So only six points, but seven assists. And he just continues to be a guy that can just, in his usual slow motion way, pick and roll, dribble left, either fake and score at the rim, find Brooke Lopez, find guys out on the three-point line. He really has become a really, really important player for the function of the offense. Now, would he have been closing tonight if Chris Middleton was there? Maybe not, but that's why I like this team again, because you have versatility and because you have options. But do you know what I love the most about tonight? Was how much Joe Ingles pissed off Chris Paul, particularly when it came to the fourth quarter. Now, Chris Paul played 33 minutes in this game, five for 11 from the field, 11 points, eight assists. He was fine. But there was a stretch in the fourth quarter where Chris Paul and Joe Ingles were clearly going at each other. And there was a lot of talking going on. These guys have battled back in the day with the Utah, LA Clippers stuff, probably with the Phoenix Suns as well. Joe Ingles has been a season's postseason performer. But the Bucs, for all they've had, they've got the toughness. Brooke Lopez was sticking up for Giannis. Bobby Portis is tough. They've added Jay Crowder, who is tough and a little bit of a pest. But Joe Ingles is one of the biggest pests in the NBA in the absolute best way. And if you're looking for a guy that can match Chris Paul with the pettiness, it's going to be Joe Ingles. There was a play at the top of the key where Joe Ingles had the ball and he kind of just like stuck his shoulder slash head into Chris Paul. Chris Paul flopped. And at the immediate time that Chris Paul flopped, Joe Ingles also threw his head back in a double flop. And all of a sudden, the official's like, I don't even know what to do about this. Both guys are flopping. This is a ridiculous play. What am I supposed to do as an official? And I was cracking up. I was like, yes, this is the type of guy you want on your team in the postseason that can, if someone's bringing the shenanigans, if someone's acting all silly out there and flopping and just carrying on and trying to cause chaos, Joe Ingles will match it and he will thrive on it and he will love it even more. And I think the individual battle between these two resulted in Chris Paul being overly aggressive and trying to score possession after possession after possession. He missed a couple of floaters in a row while Devin Booker's out in the corner standing with his hands in the air, wondering why he can't get a shot in this game, which at that point was very, very close. And Joe Ingles, I think, has been excellent for the function of the offense. His three-point shooting is going to be critical in the postseason. But above all else, he just adds a different element of peskiness to the Milwaukee Bucks that I think is going to be very, very, very nice. So uh, let me know what you thought if you noticed the same thing that I noticed. But we've been there before with Chris Paul multiple times over multiple years. And I walked away today thinking, yep. This is the type of guy you want on your team in any role, major, minor. We'll see. It'll probably change from series to series. But I thought Joe Ingles was uh, hilarious and awesome in this game. i tell you what else is awesome, and that's the FanDuel app. Uh, the road to the postseason is obviously 
here. It's the perfect time to download the FanDuel app, America's number one sportsbook, because new customers get a no sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scorers and threes drained. I've got the odds in front of me here. I was talking about the MVP, so let's get into it. The MVP, Nikola Jokic, minus 115. Joel Embiid, plus 165. And Giannis, plus 490 there. So Giannis still the third favorite. But, hey, 46 points against the Kings. 33, 11, and 8 against the Phoenix Suns. When he plays, he's putting up monster performances. What about the defensive player of the year? Brooke Lopez now the clear favorite at FanDuel. Minus 145. Jaron Jackson Jr., plus 145. Uh, and really, as far as FanDuel is concerned, this is a two-horse race between Lopez and Jaron Jackson Jr. And it is uh, Brooke Lopez that has his nose in front right now. So don't miss the chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Jake Crowder made his return to Phoenix and we saw a number of good moments. And look, the crowd, I think at the start, they gave him a pretty good reception. Uh, there was some booze throughout. I think watching the post game, it looked like it was mostly warm hugs and guys were dapping him up. And I think Jay Crowder still seems like a liked figure around the Phoenix Suns, but he hit a big three late in this game from a Brook Lopez assist and he gave it to the crowd a little bit. And the thing that I loved the most about this was the Bucks bench, all of them, Pat Connaughton, everyone got out onto the floor and they were very much supportive of Jay Crowder. This team right now, it, I don't want to sound like a teenage kid here talking about the vibes, but the vibes with this team just seem absolutely unbelievable. Jay Crowder played 24 minutes tonight. He was three for four from three. He had the five rebounds as well. And he is a fan favorite. I'm noticing this on Twitter. I'm noticing this with fans in the YouTube comments. And I think it's kind of like the new toy type scenario here. There is always going to be an inflated idea of probably what Jay Crowder can do for this team. But I'm I'm still just watching to see where he fits best for this team. There has been times where he's been asked to defend smaller guys. And I think that there's this idea out there that he can just replace Grayson Allen in the starting lineup. Now, that might be the case in some scenarios. I still think that Jay Crowder is better off defending threes and fours. It looks like based on what we saw tonight, whether it's Chris Paul, but we've seen it a lot in the past that Bud maybe thinks that Joe can defend the smaller guys. But I think the combination of both helps with Grayson Allen, who you know didn't have some great moments against the Sacramento Kings defensively, I think it's fair to say. But Jay Crowder has been on a slow ramp up. He's played in a back-to-back here now in the 24 minutes tonight. The Bucks are taking it slow with him. But a different element of toughness. He's not afraid to take big shots and shoot the three. Uh, And defensively, the versatility is still there, even though I I think he's still ramping up and we haven't seen close to the best of him. So I am very optimistic about what Jay Crowder can bring to this team. And I understand why Bucks fans are over the moon and perhaps maybe even overinflating uh, what he can do for this team. But so far, so good for Jay Crowder. It was also good to see Wesley Matthews back in the lineup tonight. Uh, He played 10 minutes, hadn't seen him play for a while with calf and hamstring type stuff going on with him. 
I generally actually just suspect that they were resting him and getting him right for the postseason, but it was nice to see him out on the floor. Uh, elsewhere, Brook Lopez just continued his tear. 10 for 14 from the field, 21 points, 10 rebounds. And I don't really know what to think about Brook Lopez right now. Should they be looking to get him some rest? He doesn't look like he's fatigued. He doesn't look like he's slowing down. Maybe you just push through with Splash Mountain right now. He only had the one block, but he did have two steals. Um, but overall, when the Bucks' big-name players were on the floor tonight, they looked dominant against this team. Giannis was plus 11, plus 12 for Lopez, plus 20 for Drew Holiday, despite the fact he was 4 for 14 from the field and had six turnovers, which is something to watch. We know the turnovers have been an issue for the Bucks. Overall, as far as the team went, 12 turnovers, not a bad number, to the Suns' 11. And after getting dominated on the offensive glass against the Sacramento Kings, uh, tonight they got right back on track and led that count 13-8 to with Giannis having four of those offensive rebounds. And again, a really physically dominant first half in this game. But overall, I continue to say it, but this team... To me, as I watch them roll on and I watch them come together and the camaraderie and the confidence that this team just feels like in any single game, they can come back and win. Uh, it's a delight to watch right now. Uh, and as I mentioned at the top, the Bucks three games clear at the top of the Eastern Conference. Uh, so that's going to do it for today's podcast. Milwaukee beat the Suns 116-104, to 104, 50 and 19 on the season. Make sure you check out the Locked On Game to Game podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Full recap from around the NBA from all the local experts. Check it out on your Locked On NBA feed. That's uh, Locked On Game to Game. As always, I'm going to uh, ask you once again, if you're new to the show or you just haven't got on board yet, subscribe, leave a review, comment, like, all those types of things. Uh, it really, really does help us, and we absolutely appreciate all the support we've been getting in the last few months. Uh, it is huge, and uh, we just want to keep growing this show. So we thank you all for the support. We appreciate it. Drop a comment and let us know what you thought about tonight's game against the Suns and everything that I've discussed on this show. And we'll be back tomorrow. I'm going to have uh, someone with me, Justin, Camille, Frank. We'll figure it out. But we've got a podcast for you tomorrow. We'll catch you all then.